I seen it coming. Soon as I popped my first bottle, I spotted my enemies trying to do what I do. Came in with my style, so I followed you. I kept changing on the world since barbecue. Now you want to hang with niggas I hung with? Fuck bitches I hit? It's funny, I once said, if I ever make a record, I take a check and put something away for a rainy day to make my exit. But look at me now, 10 years deep, since the project bench with cracks in my socks sleep. I never asked to be top of rap's elite, just a ghetto child trying to learn the trap to the streets, but look at me now. Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We have quite a few things to get into today, uh, ranging from some uh, NFL, of course, these conference championships. We're going to go over that. Uh, we're also going to go over, oh yeah, Biden's first year. So a few different things here. I did want to touch a little bit on some Kanye West, I know. And then also, uh, we're going to get into some NBA action from last night as well. So good morning. Uh, I hope y'all having a good day, and I hope the rest of your day goes well on top of that so let's go ahead and get into it like i said i'm gonna start off with the word on the street segment and of course biden's first year is uh in the books and pretty much today i'm going to talk about the good just one there's one there's a, there's one maybe two things the bad and then we're going to talk about the mid so let's get on into it let's not waste too much time um of course biden is one year in he's had pretty much well, his fair share of up and up and downs as any president, but I think his approval rating is very low at the moment. I don't have the exact figure right now, but one of the lowest after a year, in a very long time. But if I'm not mistaken, Trump's approval rating was pretty down as well at some point. So, I mean, for what it's worth, both these, the last two presidents, both for the most trash presidents we've ever had. This is just facts, um, you know, and again, you know, approval ratings don't lie. They both were you know, not really well liked. <laughs> so, um, and, um, so of course we are a year in, so of course we want to take a, 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 you know, some time to wrap everything up and at least in the first year. So like I said, the good, there is one solid that I can give the Biden administration for now. And, uh, that's adding 6.4 million jobs. Um, and that is pretty much over five, 500,000 per month. So, again, unemployment rates are down, but you know how I feel about jobs, you know, again, they're not always, you know, not all of them, at least, are providing the, the true essentials for workers in terms of health care and benefits, and they're not paying enough, unfortunately, a lot of them, so a lot of them are a waste, so... You know how I feel about jobs, whether and not that's not that tune is not going to change whether it's a Republican president or you know a Democratic president. I think you know they they all love to push the drop the job. You know, I guess it's a for them it's, it's you know it's a platform. You know, for me it's a hustle uh, because again at the same it's you know if particularly for you know the a lot of Americans. They work in, in the public sector. So, again, you know, with that being the case, I don't think government officials really have anything to do with that. That's up to the agency. That's up to whoever you're working for. That's the corporation, up to the corporation you've been hired by. You know, for what it's worth, you know, I say this example all the time. You know, throughout my jobs, I've never had Obama. I, 
have I've never seen Biden at a at a job interview. I never saw Trump or Pence at one. So to say that they're responsible for what corporations and other agencies are deciding to do, you know, I I really want to put this in the mid, but I don't want to just be a complete negative person. And six million jobs is significant. That's a lot of people, at least employed. They have some type of uh, money coming in, and this is compared to President Trump in his first year. Because again, you know, Republicans say we're about jobs anyway, so he just brought in 2.1 million. So again, I mean, that is that is a W for him in terms of you know conservative, liberal, you know Republican, Democrat. But in reality, you know, you know, again, the the standard of living for the American hasn't really improved. So again, we can we can keep giving employment, but again, if the cost of living is too high, if we're not really, you know, getting our those ends met. Of course, this is why you have so much homelessness, particularly in those liberal states. Go figure, right? So again, it, you know, it all, it all still, you know, kind of evens itself out in a way, in a weird way. You know, I'm just saying, you know, there's the good, and then of course, like I said, there's the bad. Um, now the unemployment rate did drop um, from 6.3 when he took over to 3.9. So again, like I said, people are working, but I think at the end of the day. The quality of jobs are going to be imp- more. What's more important, and the access to quality post-secondary education, and um, we'll get to more into some of that in just a little bit. The bad, of course, you know what? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep pressing on the vaccine mandates. Now, this is not an anti-vaccine campaign. Don't start with me. I don't want to hear your shit from both sides. I don't want to, I'm done hearing both sides about the argument. The bottom line is I'm against the mandates themselves. Okay. I don't think they need to be in law. They don't need to be enforced, particularly when we're looking at truly the number of people dying compared to the number of cases and the number of people overall in this pot, in this country's population. So I'm not buying into it. I'm not buying it. I never bought into the aspect of it needing to be forced, but it being existing and people wanting to take it. That's their choice. I have no problem with that. I don't care about that. I have my, you know, system of, of warning. I would shoot always wear a mask for me, uh, regardless of my vaccination status, because that's how I would feel comfortable, particularly if I'm in a public space with more than about 10 or so people, you know what I'm saying? So, that's my that that would be my thing anyway. So if your thing is to get the jabs, all the different you know boosters, that's fine. I don't care. I'm gonna wear a mask around you regardless, particularly if I don't know you, you know, or if we're in a crowded group of people. So hey, there you go. And you can complain about that. I don't give a fuck, um, honestly, about that anymore. So um, you know, because people have their their way of coping with it. You know, me, I'm keeping my you know my immune system together through supplements, through exercise, through change of diet. Uh, people are taking the vaccine. That's their choice. I'm not here to argue who's who's more right. We've all had our different, you know, we've all had different exposure to different areas of science and, you know, whatever. And um, and for those who are saying, well, what facts are you basing this off of? What science? Well, same science. Well, you know, you know, registered scientists are saying, you know, the exact same things that Joe Rogan has been talking about. All I'm saying is don't necessarily side with him. Go to the, his sources. That's all I've told you. So don't get all on my hype and say I'm anti it. No, 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 no. Do what you do to feel comfortable. Me, like I said, if I'm out and about, I'm more than 90% of the time going to be wearing a mask around you. Get over it. Just like I got to get over the fact that you're going to get a vaccine. Fine. 
the the funny part is we're both gonna probably catch, we both can catch COVID though. So I, I'm not interested in who's right and who's wrong. That's none of my business. Stay away from me with that part of it. It's not about that for me. It doesn't need to be enforced in a law or any type of mandate. That's what I'm against. And it, particularly when we start to say, you know, it's either you get this vaccine or get the weekly testing. See, at first I'm like, damn, you know, I, 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 I really was about to suck it up. And I was like, damn, that's just the way it is. This is why I'm so happy the Supreme Court did step in in this, in this case, showing us the checks and balances. But I had just recently thought about it. See, this is what they're trying to, you know, to do. They're trying to fuck with people's pay. And that's and that's when it's taking it too far. Fuck that. That's when he gets a fuck you from me. See, think about it this way. Everybody's going to come down and, and at some point, well, first and foremost, if people are already vaccinated, they don't have to worry about taking no type of testing until they, they might feel that they have some symptoms and they might feel worried enough to not want to show up to work. Then they go and get their little test and figure out what's going on, which at that point, oh yeah, they get to, they get to take the five days off, which is fine. They give them a little five days to get a little booster, right? A little few days off to get their little booster shot, whatever, right? So, but if you have not been vaccinated, they wanted you to get tested every week. Now let's say you test positive, but are asymptomatic. So that means because you're unvaccinated on top of that, you have to sit out a whole pay cycle. For what? For some bullshit everybody else had probably got? You probably got it, could have got it from somebody who's vaccinated? Get the fuck out of here. I'm not buying that. That's going too far. I'd be damned if I got to miss out on the whole paycheck because I tested positive for some shit I ain't going to even die from. I'm not even feeling sick from. I'd be damned if I'm at the house not even showing no symptoms and I'm just sitting there. No money in my pocket. No money coming to me. That's fucked up. No, I'm not buying that. No, I'm not getting it. I'm not supporting that. Fuck that. I want my money. Fuck that. And if I'm too sick to work, I'm, I'm smart enough to say I can't come. I'm going to go see what's up. Fuck all that. I'm, we, we are smart enough as adults and as human beings to be able to do that. You don't need to be forcing us by making us not be able to eat for a whole week. That's fucked up. We got bills to pay. We ain't got time for that bullshit. Fuck is all you talking? Fuck is all that sh bullshit? Now they got now they made it so especially in California they got this motherfucking law where twelve years can get the vaccine. See that's the overreach of people's real parental parental laws. Fuck that vaccine. It ain't important. But when you realize that the U.S. government then invested a whole bunch of tax dollars into the shit anyway. Oh wow! And you you see that they clear two two seven two hundred something million dollars of profit in one quarter alone last year. Oh, and that's talking about Pfizer. Come on now, like come on. I'm not buying. I'm not. Mm -mm. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not buying into the fear. That doesn't mean you can't be prepared. And again, I have my own way to be prepared. That doesn't involve what y'all do. And we all go about our lives fine. That vaccine or that weekly testing bullshit, I'm glad the Supreme Court stepped in. Checks and fucking balances, I'm glad. Shit, that's high school, junior year, learning about government. Finally seeing it come to fruition. That was beautiful. Fuck that, you can't tell me nothing. That was the, has been the highlight, one of the highlights of my 30 years of life. Being able to see the Supreme Court step in and say, no, we're gonna, we're gonna supersede this you know, uh, this executive branch because we're allowed to do so. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
Now people ain't got to be worried about being discriminated against still in a, in a different type of way. Y'all not slick. The Democrats are not slick. They, I'm telling you, this this whole Biden shit has revealed their hand to me. They really about some bull. They been about some bullshit since after Kennedy. They ain't been the same. And I'm I'm mm -mm, I'm be honest with you. Obama and, and Clinton was mid. Now they starting to become very overrated to me. So I'm just saying, when I'm seeing this shit bullshit from Biden, I ain't fucking with him. Now I said it. I didn't. I done already said it a couple times. I'm keeping it lit. The mid. Because again, we ain't just gonna keep it, keep bashing them. No, we gotta say whatever. The student loan situation—it's like a meh for me. I mean, he's paused it. He made sure people don't have to just pay right away because pandemic. Awesome. He came in here with some promises to change this and change that. One one thing in particular was to be canceling the debt. Never did it. Cause he's a fraud he lied he just like any other person trump would do the same thing to get you to vote for him but it's all good not any anybody but trump i know right yeah see and that's the problem see we got any we got just the anybody mm -hmm. uh, ineffective anyways um like i said um he paused the student loans but Pretty much the, uh, the education department, which he, you know, I, I mean, he, of course, he's not necessarily a part of, but, you know, he oversees in a way, you know, they have no intentions on canceling anything. At least that's not on their, their forecast for now. That's what they're saying as of now. So all that shit he was talking, it was, it was just shit that he was talking. Just like when Trump said he's going to be in drives back to back West Virginia. We know what it is. I'm telling you, I'm trying to show you guys both parties are lying to you. It's just all, it's all a scheme. Um, some Democrats are calling for him to cancel, like I said, more than $50 million worth um, in student loan debt. You know, that's, that's, that's grand. That's, you know, awesome. And maybe it should happen. Um, but this is my, this is my, you know, personal opinion. And I'm going to keep saying it and, you know. However people feel, hey, we can talk about it. That's fine. Public edu education should be free because it's funded by our tax dollars. So let's let's stop with the bullshit, okay? And if it's not if it's not going there, then we need to start auditing these states and trying to figure out why is it that we need to be, we need not, not only to to, to fund these uh, these institutions uh, through our tax dollars, but out of out of pocket. Uh, just for us to go there, particularly if we are a student from that state or a resident of that state. I'm sorry, it, they're making it a scam. They're making school a scam. They're playing right into... See, the Democrats, see, they don't make education... See, the problem is education, public education, particularly we, since we... And we can talk about privatized, whatever. We have private colleges, private universities. So the fact that they exist means you sh you you should at least be able to have some type of free variant, right? I mean, it may be not a university. Okay, mate, why not? A, but then why not a junior college? What the fuck is wrong with people and 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 their and their issue with having people have access to education? No, people might not want to work a certain job their entire life. This is not a caste system like India, right? So if we're supposed to have all these these opportunities available for us, then let's make them. You know, let's have them, you know, able, let's have these opportunities 
available to be utilized for everyone, not just people who are uh, who 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 just have the extra money or they're just the extra goal. If if it was free, a lot more people would go. Let's be honest with you. If if you didn't need if you didn't need a Pell grant, you wouldn't get a whole bunch of Pell grant scammers who just show up to class just to get a, a fucking financial aid check just to cut. We're just keeping it real. You would have to really just go to class if you're just gonna take your time because there's no. I mean, you don't have to pay for it. There's a there's a there's a there's an issue here. There shouldn't be any student loan debt, particularly for going for for a public university or a public college. That's ridiculous. Now, a private institution, Harvard, Yale, and then they can charge whatever the fuck they want. That's that's the point, right? Okay, so why not have public? See, that's. Ooh, I don't understand this society. I don't understand this society. That's why I'm not getting into the. I, I refuse to buy into the conservative paradigm as well. You're not gonna get to to say to. You're not gonna tell me that us paying for education and and paying for all these different you know resources has made our country better when it hasn't, and having shit problem most of these things privatized has made our country better when it truly hasn't. Sorry, our education system is crap. Our medical system, our medical care is crap altogether. They got people in Cuba. They drive around in 1950s cars, but you can get your shit to you can get your shit together health wise. That is ridiculous to me. We should be ashamed of ourselves. It's ridiculous. I don't give a fuck who the president is. We got our nerve to try to project to the world. Oh, we're exceptional. Fuck no, you're not. Fuck no. <laughs> Shit. Have you seen a, 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 a city, a major city in California? Have you seen New York City? Have you seen some of small town America with these, with these, with these, uh, I'm just gonna call it, say it like it is, these cracked out, drugged out people? No, right. We act like that shit don't exist. Fuck out of here. This is just on both sides. I've been telling these people, Republican, Democrat, I refuse to buy red pill, blue pill. I don't pop pills, I smoke weed. Now, one more, well, a couple more things I want to get into, of course, in this segment. Um, this one we're going to run through really quickly. Uh, just to something, this is something to keep you thinking, you know, and I want to keep something on your mind. Now, a Chicago man named Kevin Dugard was recently released after 20 years in prison for a murder that his twin brother committed. Now, um, he was convicted in 2005 and was sentenced to 54 years, all the while maintaining his innocence, of course, because, you know, you know, you know, he didn't he really didn't do it. Um, you know, he so he would make, you know, maintain his own innocence. Now, in 20, uh, 2013, Kevin's brother, Carl, would reach out to him, confessing to the murder. Now, I I don't know nothing about genetics, per se, and twins and all that, but, you know, don't I mean I would imagine I mean I know they twins I know they look alike but don't they have wouldn't they have at least have different fingerprints something like that I don't understand I'm a little bit confused here so um you know I think well I mean I guess if somebody points him out you know uh unfortunately uh for Kevin I guess he was the one pointed out and, you know, I guess they looked so much the same, of course, being twins. But it's just, I mean, do you not, how do you not know that he doesn't have a twin, though? Like, isn't that part of the investigation? When do you find that out? I mean, it, 
I think that only happens to certain people. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> just, I mean, gotta be only happens to black people because that's that's ridiculous, bro. Um, and despite the brother sending him this uh, this letter, they will go on to originally dismiss this evidence. Uh, in 2018, one judge would shut this down uh, because um, you know they pretty much had this feeling of, oh, you know, um, he's just trying to uh, cover up for the fact that, you know. They they had some bullshit reason because uh, he was recently denied parole on another crime that he did. So, and I don't know what their trip was. You know, obviously, you know, I guess he thought about it and he said, look, I, you know, I can't get away from all this. I'm going to serve time for something. So I guess, you know, you might as well, you know, get my brother out of a situation. Somebody must have talked to him, you know, like an ancestor or, you know, uh, family member, you know, family members might have gotten his head and said, that's bullshit, you know, you can't do your brother like that, um, somebody must have did it, um, there's a similar situation, again, it don't involve twins, but there's this, uh, rapper from back in the day, his name was G-Dep, I don't know if you guys know about him, but, um, he had committed a murder at some point during his career, and, uh, for a long time, he didn't say anything about it, and, uh, he actually had got away, uh, with it at, for a time, and, uh, but he, you know, I guess the stress and going through all that, uh, drama and, and you know the guilt in his mind it got to him so uh he ended up going in and turn himself in he had to do it a couple of times because the first time they didn't believe him but eventually uh, they were able to reopen the case and of course with his confession confession they were able to you know put that extra seal on and he is currently serving time for that so something must have happened you know uh with with the brother Carl, um, I don't know exactly what what it could have been. Like I said, maybe some family got in there, a mediator, or you know, some ancestors in a dream or something like that, and just got to him. And just over time, and he felt the need to say something. And and you know, um, it's obviously obvious. I mean, and that's why I'm like, damn, you know, you don't think to understand, you know, who this guy is, his background, figure out if he had a twin. I thought, I mean, again, it's just. Because, I mean, twins are so different, obviously. You can end up being so much different despite looking so much alike than this person. I mean, obviously, Kevin, I don't know exactly what his background was per se, but he, you know, got to be at least a little bit different from his brother uh, to an extent. I don't know. Um, but um, to sit there and, and be sitting there 20 years for something your twin brother did and your twin brother just sitting there. But your twin brother was already in jail anyway, so... I mean, he. I mean, he is gonna go down for something, but still, like, you gotta serve for something he did. I mean, I'd be hot, man. I'd be hot. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that, that's that's some cold shit to do to somebody. I, I, I don't, man. That's. I don't know if you visit that dude and, and you know go visit him once you out. <laughs> I don't know, man. That 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 would be a messed up. That's severed ties right there. I can only imagine. Um, but anyways, um, on a lighter note, of course, on the political scene and of course, away from, well, man, some real drama. Um, yeah, y'all, uh, but it does have to do with somebody from Chicago. Man, anyways, of course, Kanye, um, man, and this ain't gonna be no bashing. I'm not gonna really bash him. Cause I know how y'all love him. It's an idolization thing. I can't. I'm not gonna break that. I can't break that spell. Cause that's just what entertainment. The entertainment industry is about. I'm not about that. I'm just gonna just talk about his actions. Cause it's the act. It's it's the actions for me. Um, of course. You know, we fast forward in his situation. I think the last time we brought him up, we were just talking about idolizing him in general. Um, 
I don't I can't remember exactly the contents in which we were going. Just I guess we were just talking about idolatry and, and just going, you know, stemming from that and even if we were to you know, keep that same topic, you know, it's still it still amazes me how this man does either regular shit on a daily basis or some erratic type behavior and people eat it up as though this is the gospel. I've, I mean, it's it just go it just goes to show you having money and some type of clout goes a long way for a black dude. <laughs> I mean, we already solid. We already got that you know that energy to bring people in, anyways. But if you give us some money, oh, and, and a platform, oh my god, everybody, oh, this is amazing. Oh my god, like you know. So he has his little drama. Excuse me. He has a little drama with Kim. You know, uh, we go back a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, with the little birthday party, you know, you over here crying and shit. Come on, I'm not there at the party. Boo, boo, boo. You know, go, no one got them. Well, they split up, and that's kind of how people who are split handle shit when they got got kids. Cause stuff going online and pressures the black folk on on social media to pressure Kim and all that. Then get a call from Travis Scott. I mean, it's just this long, drawn-out process for views, really. Y'all can sit there and say what you want. He just wants you niggas to look at him. Just look at my face. Look at me talk about Pete, whatever the dude's name is, Davidson, that's piping her down now. Like, come on, bro. Like, are you over her or not, bro? You you over here dating all these other women. They taking pictures with you. You being seen with them. Then you want to take the time on the internet to say, well, Kim doing me dirty. Which one is it, fam? It don't add up. You acting hella fake, bro. I'm sorry that you people can't. I don't understand why people can't see through that facade. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, he goes to the birthday party, little girl birthday party. Like, oh, my God. It's amazing to see. Like, motherfuckers do that every day. And guess what? They ain't got no drama with their wife like that. And they just can just be there and be happy. And they a whole family. Why you not highlighting that? You know what you should do, a lot of you guys? Instead of looking to big up Kanye and, 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 and go around social media, every video you see, Kanye this, Kanye that. Ooh, you look a man. No, you know what you should do? Share your friends in life sometimes. Particularly on your personal little thing where you know your friends is looking. Nah, big up your friends. Get your friends flowers. Shout out to your friend who doing that shit. Fuck Kanye for doing the regular shit that regular people do. Just because he got some money. And then he over here crying about, always crying about, and talking about how she, bro, we know how she came in the game. Tell me what you got a video on her. Bro, we already saw the first one. We don't care. Damn, dude, we don't give a fuck about you being your emotions. Handle your shit, bro. Like, come on, man. If it was anybody else, you'd be roasting them. If it was somebody, some regular dude like me or your partner or somebody you work with, you'd be after calling each other. Yeah, you heard about what, man? He over here running his mouth about that girl. He's so hurt. Women, brothers do the same thing. Yeah, he over here pussy whip, man. Mm -hmm. But Kanye, well, man. Kim a hoe, you right, you know, she held it, no, we know this, don't try to act all innocent now, like he's some type of victim, I don't, man, look, and I'm, I'm just gonna say it right here, 
I think they be selling mental illness onto y'all. I think the motherfucker just made, he came up with a lot of insecurities, didn't know how no real access or no real outlet to really showcase that. So he got money, got rich, and then had a lot of people in power coddle him when he started to express himself in that way. And say, so, oh yeah, it is something more, it's bipolar. Nah, motherfucker, you just crazy. Sometimes you crazy acting and you ain't, you don't like to not have your way and you go through little flips and you go through little moves. Everybody do that and go, everybody go through it. Ain't no bipolar, nothing. Just an asshole to people and then you turn around, you want to act like a little kid and start crying about something. Oh, they trying to take away this from me. No, you just crazy acting. And you pretend you like them people searching for them, they be fishing for them SSI chick. That's how he come off to. If he was if he wasn't rich, that's how he would be to me. J Cat. You already no, he's already that to me. He's J Cat. He's just a J Cat with money. I don't buy it. Now, now I hope you enjoy the rest of your morning with that. Wake up. I don't fuck with dude. This is your Folgers for the morning. Kanye, I'm going to keep saying he's a fraud. A lot of those celebrity relationships are fake. He over there talking, he got his nerve talking about her relationship with Pete Davidson is fake. When everybody in mama would say the same thing about his relationship with Kim anyway. Same thing, same exact thing. Fake relationship done for publicity. Why else would you get with somebody who you know been on sex tapes? I'm, I know people going to say, but you can't judge her. You can't, Listen here. Here. I'm gonna be like I'm mean, I don't care, uh, and and I know people like Kevin Samuels who got money. They'll make a pass for it. I'm gonna be honest with you. All that all that tricking for people like that, that's wrong. First and foremost, listen here. She's not. It's not like she ugly. They you know they put on the makeup. They look decent. She didn't made little surgeries to the buttocks and all that. Oh great. You know, there's a cult that likes that. You know what I'm saying? That's why you see that promoted, by the way. That's a cult. That's a cult thing. Anyway, it's much sicker than you think. But okay, y'all go ahead. And again, y'all try to pervert it when it could just be between you and a partner. But you want to, oh, let's do it everywhere. Let's let everybody, let's broadcast it. This is wrong with all that. That's what's wrong with that shit. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you like this. She's not an ugly woman. If I was, if I was, hypothetically speaking, at least clout in in the area of famous i wouldn't pay for it but i i shit if she was down to go we could hit a couple times but i wouldn't date her you wouldn't see me going out on dates with her i wouldn't want y'all taking pictures of me because i wouldn't be going out on a date with her we'd just be like oh what's up you chick you free all right i holler you not free you busy oh you you tripping uh i holler at you whenever i feel like i wouldn't marry that he's a fool for that part I'm just saying. I I don't know why I don't I don't know why somebody now because see and every, and then all the women I know the women are gonna be like why would you say that? I'm gonna ask them. I'm gonna ask the women. Hypothetically speaking, especially if we we being real here, this let's say you know the man you get with ain't rich necessarily or famous. You gonna want to fuck with somebody who's on a sex tape? Would you gonna are you gonna marry somebody who's on a sex tape? So y'all y'all I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe if he got some money, maybe if he has some money, he's famous, maybe you would. Okay. I guess that's what famous people do, but I'm not expecting that person to be a wife or a husband. I'm just a real wife or a faithful husband. I, that's, I'm sorry. I, that, y'all, can, y'all can make me be cold person for that, and that's fine. You can label me out as a judgmental person. That's I'll take that. 
And people have many have many judgments to have about me. So there we go. So I, I'm perfectly fine. You keep your judgments and I'm going to have mine. On that note, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be breaking down some sports. Uh, starting off with the uh, conference championships for the NFL playoffs. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. Don't want to be I'm not a play, I just fuck a lot. Some developing, uh, some more develop, some more. There is some more developing news as we speak, uh, referring to Brian Flores uh, and the Giants and that whole drama. I don't have any real thoughts on that right now. Uh, give me at least a couple more days, uh, maybe even around the weekend. I'll have some more, some real thoughts to it. Um, I don't really know how to stand on it right now. I mean, there's so much that's being said. I know everybody's initial reaction, uh, but I, I, I think there's. You know, I I mean, it's an interesting story to say the least, and I just want to have make sure I have all the facts, uh, all the facts set in front of me before I make the statements that I make. So I'm gonna take some time with that, uh, do some more research, not just on the situation itself, but uh, on his claims and also just his uh, tenure in Miami as well. Uh, but anyways, let's get into the AFC, uh, AFC Championship and also the NFC Championship games real quick before we get to the headlines. We're going to start off with the AFC Championship. Uh, we have the Bengals, of course, shocking the world. Uh, this time, they get the best of the Chiefs, 27-24. to 24. And um, before I get into anything, shout out to Joe Burrow. Um, I definitely was high on him when he got drafted. I definitely uh, figured he was the best quarterback of that draft. I still, you know, um, I'm, I'm still going to say that, particularly now what I'm saying. I don't think I was as uh, strong uh, of a support, strong as support for him over the course of this playoffs, just because more so I wasn't too sure about his experience or Cincinnati as a team's, their whole, um, you know, their, you know, just their path just seemed, you know, to be a little bit improbable. And so um, I wanted to take the time and say I was wrong for that. And I should have been uh, riding with my man 100% the whole way because I'm definitely uh, digging what I've been seeing throughout his career so far. I definitely think he's one of the best QBs out there. Um, him and Lamar Jackson are my top two, at least of the young quarterbacks. And I just wanted to put that out there, Mr. Joe. I think you're solid. And I it, I, you know, I was wrong for not fully backing you 100% as much as I uh, claim that you you are probably one of those top guys right now, at least one of the young guys. So I'm um, definitely impressed with what I saw from him. Th 23 of 38, two, uh, 250 yards, two touchdowns. He would throw a pick. But, I mean, but think about it. It was on the road. He was in Kansas City you know, doing his thing, you know, in one of the loudest, you know, environments in, in professional football, uh, it didn't get to him. And he seemed to, you know, really weather the storm. 
and uh, I call him El Burro because he just gave the, the stiffest kick to Kansas City's title hopes. And it was it was beautiful to see. It was beautiful to see, um, not even because I'm a Raider fan and I like to see the Chiefs lose. It ain't necessarily about that because, in reality, I respect Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do to that team, do with that his team as well and the success that he's had. So it's not about hating the Chiefs. But, again, I was def again, Joe Burrow is my man. Um, definitely him and Lamar Jackson. I have an affinity for both of those guys and what they've been able to accomplish. Something about how they just carry, uh, carry themselves in that situation situation wanting to be the best one to be held accountable uh definitely some things that you want from your quarterback and uh hopefully he's able to keep this core together as long as they can particularly offensively uh and uh let's see what happens in the future for these guys win or lose in the super bowl but uh joe mixon was the team's leading rusher he would have 88 yards on the ground uh and also t higgins would be your team's leading receiver with six receptions and 103 yards jamar chase would end up with six receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown and samaj p ryan would also help out in the receiving game as well he would get uh three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown uh, as far as defensively goes, the Bengals were helped out by Sam Hubbard. He would end up getting two sacks, and safety Von Bell would end up getting six total tackles and an interception. Moving on to the Chiefs, uh, you know, um, they played the game, I mean, as close as they could have. They tr definitely tried. Um, they, definitely, they definitely didn't lose for a lack of trying, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, particularly what, what, what Mahomes was able to do. I mean, he would throw two picks, but he would go 26-39, 275 yards, three touchdowns, and he left it all on the field. He tried every fucking play, uh, and it didn't work. It didn't work. And But again, he actually made the effort. He put his big boy pants on. Uh, he let all the media bullshit go. He wasn't in the, in the media spotlight the entire week. He was laser focused and did what he had to do. Did what he had to do. He was up against a better a team that was more prepared for what they were going to be able to do. And that's what happens. This is what happens in football. It's a great thing to see sometimes, particularly I mean, it's a, if it's an upset. Nobody was really rolling with the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow, and I would I love Joe Burrow personally, individually. You know, of course, as a as a player. And then, but but I, I even with that being said, I wasn't 100 percent down with the the whole t you know the team itself. So you know, and their chances. So again, it happens. Um. You know, Kansas City played as good as a, good as a game as they could play. Everybody, if you know, offensively that was a factor. Could have, I mean, that could have been a factor for them offensively was a factor. I mean, Tyreek Hill, uh, seventy-eight yards uh, receiving, seven catches, a touchdown. Of course, Travis Kelsey, 10 catches from him, 95 yards, and a touchdown. McCall Harmon even gets a receiving touchdown. So it's just, you know. <sighs> What can you really say? They do what they they did what they had to do. They just came up a little bit short. Uh, the Bengals forced four sacks on them. That was a little bit of a thing in the last couple uh, quarters. Uh, messing with getting in, you know, Mahomes's face. The pressure was a little bit too much for him. Two total two total turnovers uh, from the Chiefs. Of course, you know, both of them by Patrick Mahomes. Again, they were costly, but it's the way that it is. Uh, defensively for the Chiefs, Legarius Sneed will get a, a interception. Excuse me, and Melvin Ingram will end up with a sack. Now let's move on to the NFC Championship. The Niners, uh, they finally, their, their run of luck has, has come to an end on Sunday. They will lose 20-17 to to the Rams. Um, this game I was kind of up in the air on because I hadn't, I mean, the Rams hadn't beaten the Niners in a minute. Um, but again, everybody wants to favor the Rams, and of course I would understand why. Uh, but it was a hard-fought game. Of course, uh, we kind of know how it all ended up uh, playing out. Uh, but 
I think the biggest takeaways for me, uh, of course, Matthew Stafford kind of uh, bringing everything full circle, spending a whole, you know, almost a whole career in Detroit, um, not having as much success, uh, having everybody and their mama kind of tell you you're not as good as a quarterback because, you know, what, you know, of your team success. And again, it's easy to equate that uh, the, the two sometimes. Uh, but again, he just happened to be a very good quarterback on a shitty team. And now we see that this is what happens if you give uh, Matt Stafford some weapons, 31 of 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns. Of course, he would throw a pick. But again, you know. When it came down to it, he's making the plays to win the game. He's he you know made the plays uh, to set up you know the potential you know field goal to win the game. You know, of course, connected with Cooper Cup again, plays that Aaron Rodgers wasn't making. I'm gonna keep making it a point because the media likes to ride his dick, and they still keep riding his dick, and they're they're, they're gonna try to convince you that whatever team picks him up, whatever whoever it is, if it's the Broncos or he goes to Tampa Bay, is somehow gonna be this 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 number one Super Bowl contender and I'm going to I'm going to keep telling you no I'm not going to I'm not going to buy that I, and we're not going to buy into that on this uh platform here but anyways back to the Rams the winners not the losers um not the people who don't show up to play um anyways Cam Akers will get 48 yards on the ground Cooper Cup again an amazing game from him 11 receptions 142 yards two touchdowns OBJ will get nine receptions for 113 yards and defensively for the Rams Tevin Howard will get an interception and linebacker Troy Reader will be the team's leading tackler excuse me Tevin Howard will get an interception and uh linebacker Troy Reader will get seven total tackles again not a whole lot of action from Donald Floyd or Miller but again you know they should definitely be a factor come Super Bowl time uh, but for the Niners, of course, Jimmy G, 16-30, 232 yards. He would throw two touchdown passes, but again, the costly pick. It was a matter before time, and when he throws those picks, the Niners don't always win. Jimmy G, he ain't, I don't know. I don't like to put it out there like that, but... Cause he's he's a he's a really decent guy, a really decent quarterback. I mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't know him personally, but what I mean is a decent quarterback. The numbers say so, uh, but you see some of the games firsthand. You kind of see, yeah, yeah, he might have cost him with that play. He might have cost him here with that decision making, you know. So I understand why they got why they got Trey Lance. Um, it's just difficult to see, you know, what's next for Jimmy G if indeed uh, the Niners really end up going with Trey Lance. They're probably going to try to trade him. Maybe. I don't know who would want him. Not to say that nobody wants him or he's not needed. Um, I think he has a you know, specific skill set that suit, that's more suited to game managing. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Niners, uh, for what it's worth, uh, you know, one I think one of the, the – crutches for them in this game or I think one of the things holding them back let me say it like that holding them back in that game was their rushing game it was a uh, pretty much non-existent they would just have 50 rushing yards so Eli Mitchell wasn't able to get anything done and you know nobody in that backfield was and that could have been somewhat of a helpful thing to have as well again just kind of keeping drives along uh eating up clock when you need to it just wasn't there for the Niners uh on Sunday Debo Samuel did his thing, of course, uh, finding ways to help this team and score. Uh, four receptions for him, 72 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, will, uh, uh, sorry, he would get a receiving touchdown as well. And offensively, Jimmy Ward would come up with eight total tackles and an interception. And of course, Nick Bosa 
was out there doing his thing as well, uh, coming up with a sack. Now, now that we moved on from all that, uh, just a quick uh, Super Bowl preview, maybe a prediction. Um, I'm just gonna say it like this: I'm not gonna count my buddy Joe out. Uh, if the Bengals lose and I'm wrong, then fuck it, I'm gonna be wrong this time. Uh, sometimes I'm a little bit late to the party. Um, I feel like I'm kind of glad that he kind of you know made me wrong and kind of went against my picks because sometimes I do feel like when I'm when I'm totally committed with something, it kind of all falls apart and I'm not always right with it. But um, hopefully he can pull it through. Um, again, I'm a, I'm a definite Joe Brewer fan. Uh, it, him, his performance and him just doing his thing has made me you know even more respect you know made me respect the Bengals a lot more and just them as a franchise at least recently I know they can't erase everything from their past and how bad that they've been but a Super Bowl will help out a lot of things and I definitely will I would definitely respect them a lot more and just you know just looking at it right now I mean I think they got a chance um I mean their defense is as you know has come to play for the most part I mean, they're going to give up some points, but they're going to get some sacks. They're going to get some turnovers. Uh, you know, they're going to stop you in key crucial drives. So we'll have to see what they're able to uh, bring to get, uh, bring to the table uh, with the Rams. Uh, of course, we already know the Rams have a great receiver uh, receiver as well uh, with Cooper Cup. Of course, OBJ did his thing. He had over 100, 100 yards last Sunday. So they're going to have uh, some really good receivers as well. Uh, you know, I think... Joe Mixon, uh, being who he is, uh, you know, I think that gives the Bengals uh, somewhat of an advantage on the ground too. Um, I definitely think he's a better running back than Cam Akers or whoever uh, the Rams are going to have in that spot uh, for them. So we have some things where you know uh, both teams have might have an advantage or an upper hand as far as the quarterback play. I mean, Matt Stafford is, is who he is. He's he's earned his reputation. He's a good quarterback. Uh, Joe Burrow is on that rise. He's looking to be on that level. So if if not already on Matt Stafford's tier already in a way, you know, just kind of what we can see he can do, his potential and so so forth. So um, I think this game is still a toss-up. Uh, like I said, I'm definitely going to be rooting with the, for the Bengals. That's where my heart is at by now. They, they've won me over definitely. Um, and um, I'm looking to see, regardless, I'm looking to see a good game uh, be played. Uh, so let's move on. Let's get into some news. Let's get into the big story, of course. Uh, your boy Tom Brady deciding, well, at least making it official today. We've been talking about this all weekend, though. We already know the deal. But he has decided to retire after 22 seasons. Of course, he's going to be a likely Hall of Famer. I mean, if this goes without saying, um, 199th pick in the 2000 draft. He would spend two seasons backing up your boy, uh, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Bledso. uh, but in week two of 2001, so I guess just a season about actually. Uh, but uh, in week two of 2001, uh, he would step in after uh, Bledsoe would get hurt and he eventually would end, end up leading them to the Super Bowl. Uh, since then, he's become a seven-time Super Bowl champ, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, a three-time league MVP, uh, three-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, he's also a five-time passing, uh, sorry, a league pass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Five seasons he's led the league in touchdowns. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. In 2007, he had one of his best seasons and one of the best seasons for a quarterback of all time with 50 touchdowns. 
So um, he would cap off his final Super Bowl run, of course, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, in his final season, he would lead the league in passing yards with over 5,000. And also um, touchdowns, he would have 43. So this man, um, he's accomplished all, accomplished all that you could imagine in the sport. Of course, he has a trophy wife. And, uh, you know, as a Raider fan, of course, the tuck rule is always going to be there for me. I'm never going to call it a pass. Um, and I'm going to tell you why real quick. And this, again, I'm not going to spend too much time on it and too much time talking about how he's really overrated and all that. I, I would have done this a couple of years ago or a year or so ago or whatever. But anyways, I, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, you know, say that that was an incompletion for it to be a, for it to be any type of pass it has to leave his hand. I, a pump fake is not a pass. Uh, it's a pump fake. Sorry. He pump faked it. He never threw the ball. He even said it himself. It was never he. It never left his hand, so it could never be an incompletion. If it, 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 I mean, if it now, if it were to slip out of his hand, then maybe you got something. But it was clearly stripped. So that's uh, that's ticky tacky, and I'll never let that go. That go. But for what it's worth, it hasn't stopped him from winning. Hasn't stopped him from, you know, achieving his goals. And when I was younger, I used to be mad about that play for many years. I'll be honest with you. It made me not want to watch football at least until, uh, you know, for a while. <laughs> at least until the next season. At least until part of the next season where I knew the Raiders were going to be good again. Okay, we're going to go at least, at least to the playoffs again. Okay, fine. I'll start watching them. But I was mad. I was really mad. And even, you know, even after that, it stuck with me and I would just say, you know, shit like, you know, Tom Brady's overrated or he this. And I would get into the same, you know, arguments of, you know, he's not really that elite. He's, you know, um, he doesn't have that, that rocket arm or he needs these specialized or, or whatever, you know, all these different types of excuses. But regardless, you know, he's one. Um, he's one with some of the what you would call average receivers at best. He's one with I can't think of any Hall of Fame running back he's played with. And um, you know, he's he's had a great coach behind him, of course, great offensive minded people around him. Uh, even in the New England days. Now I don't know, we'll talk about Josh McDaniels uh in a second, because of course he's gonna he's the new head coach of the Raiders, but um, he definitely was a decent offensive coordinator who was able to help get the best out of best out of Brady. Um, I don't know how good he's going to end up being a coach, but again, he was a good enough coach to kind of uh, bring out, you know, whatever was in Brady. I feel, and of course, his last couple seasons, he was with, uh, you know, Bruce Arians, and he's supposed to be a great quarterback, you know, coach, and so on and so forth. So. You know, he's been able to make it work regardless, regardless uh, with all type of different players. Um, and um, it's like the scene in life. And I'm pretty sure well, the fans in the movie, you know, if you've seen it, you, you kind of know where I'm heading with this. Maybe there's a scene where Claude and Ray, they, they hella old now. And uh, they end up going to be, they end up being transferred to uh, somebody, you know, in the prison system. They, he, they transferred to their house and they supposed to be working for him now. And before they leave, the warden, of course, lets them know. And um, he's like, "Yeah, y'all been, y'all been uh, transferred to 
to what's the name house. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. He goes, and I, for one, won't miss you. But at the, at the same time, you see how it's still, you know, they cut on cut, cut a little bit close to it. You see something happening in his eyes. He starts to well up. He goes, he starts, he breathes, and he goes, well, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm sick and tired. I was sick and tired of looking at him for 20-something years. But now that I know he's going to be gone, it's like, damn, you do kind of reflect at that moment. You go, damn, he is going to be gone for a while. And for what it's worth, again, I respect what he's done. You can't, you, you, at some point, you just, at the particularly, I guess I had to get older. But at 31 years old, again, I'll never let go of the tuck rule. But at the same time, he still earned his spot in the Hall of Fame. He's definitely going, he's definitely earned just about everything else he's he's won. Um, I don't buy into, into Spygate necessarily, Deflategate either. Again, I'm not all into that whatever shit. Uh, tuck rule, hey, I'm never again. I'm never gonna ride with that. But hey, outside of that, he's he's done what he's had to do, and um, I'm glad for the most part. I'm glad that he played. He lived his dream, um, and uh, he inspired inspired many others. And you can tell, you know, he's a good teammate, and uh, a lot of people enjoyed being around him. So I, those things alone. I gotta give him props for it. to to people for people to want to gravitate to you that way to, to say those type of glowing things about you. I, again, the people, you know, you let the people do it. Um, that's what the people call them. So hey, I'm gonna roll with that, and I'm okay with that. We also have another retirement to speak of. Big Ben, of course, Ben Roethlisberger. He was he retired after 15 years last week. Oh, sorry, after 18 seasons. Like I said last week, uh, this is a quote coming from him. The journey has been exhilarating, fueled by the spirit of competition. Yet the time has come to clean out my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be to my wife and my children. I retire from football a truly grateful man. And, uh, you know, Brady's quotes kind of, you know, tended out a little bit of the same type of themes. You know, just a different mindset about the game. And just wanting to get away from things. It's not the same, you know, the mental capacity just isn't there. The drive isn't. And um, I don't know, I can't remember if I shared this quote. I don't, I can't, and I, you know, for the life of me, I can't. (laughs) I've been, just so much has been going on, you know, just in my life the past couple of weeks and the months. And sometimes it's it's hard for me to sometimes remember exactly what I talk about on each episode. But I'm not too sure if I uh, had mentioned, uh, well, if I shared my thoughts on, uh, Sean Payton retiring from the Saints, but I, I found it interesting. His quote, you know, he kind of mentioned some of the same things. It's just like for players and coaches in those professional settings, they do it for so many years, and you know, at a at a high level. At some point, they just wake up in the morning. It's just like you know what, I just can't do this anymore. And it's 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 really weird, but you know, even in the things that you do in the, in the regular life that you might live, I don't want to say the word regular. I don't want to put nobody down just in the situation. We're not NFL coaches, but even in just the things that we do, we come to those points in our life where we might get to a certain point with something. We say, this ain't really for me no more. I'm not getting up and I'm not feeling the same way about it. And I felt some, felt something from those quotes, uh, particularly, you know, even Sean Payton's just saying, you know, just the, the, the same drive of doing the same thing for six months out of the season. And yes, I am paraphrasing. Um, and then, of course, we look at Ben, you know, bringing up his family and being one to be closer. 
um, also Tom before he revealed what he wanted to do uh, about him you know about his retirement he mentioned family wanted to be around those people and have the energy for that and you know just so many things can be compromised by what you make a career and and mind you this was a sport that they these guys played they were able to give it 18 years imagine giving 18 seasons or 18 years or something that you're not even that passionate about it would have to be crucial and it made me really think about it at least they gave 18 22 seasons for sean payton i can't remember exactly exactly how many years he's been a coach but over at least over 10 seasons of his life you know to do something over and over it again you gotta love it and and imagine to have to do that for something you don't love and it was just like wow at least they loved what they did and you can't you can't take that from those men and you and you almost look at it and say i want to have something and i want to be blessed enough to be a part of something for 10 plus years of my life and just keep doing it without having to you know and it, it again after 10 15 again you get you get for you know big ben he's at about 18 years you get to tom brady he is over 20 you are going to burn out eventually from something no matter how much you love it but to give it that much to give it that much you got to have to love it at some point and uh it, it Man, it, to be in a position where you can find that thing that that you enjoy, and to find success in it, and to have it, you know, meet all your needs, it's a dream come true. And I guess, I mean, that's that's a true blessing. And seeing those things happen to these guys, uh, whether or not I'm a fan of their team per se, and yes, they might have done things that I don't like. Of course, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he's not the greatest of human beings to some people. Of course, he has had those altercations with women. Uh, I don't want to say the word here on a on a public platform like that. I don't want to, you know, get into all that uh, personally about him. I don't know him. Uh, so I don't want to make all those judgment calls. It's not, it's, 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 it's a sports unless again, the situation that we're talking about is, you know, it, it might deal with these people, uh, but it might, you know, not deal with sports or might deal with something personally. We might talk about that for a little bit, but right now this is a sports situation. So I'm not going to get into all his, you know, previous transgressions, but it's just to make a point, you know, um, Everybody has different layers, and um, it's what it is. But for Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he went two Super Bowls in his career. Uh, he was the Rookie of the Year, uh, six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he also was a passing yards leader in 2014 and 2018. He has the most career 500-yard games or 500-yard-plus uh, games before. He has the most perfect passer rating game, passer rating games uh, with four as well. He's also the fifth. He has. He also has the fifth most fifth most excuse me gotta get the words out fifth most most passing yards in nfl history with over sixty four thousand. so again a very accomplished dude just like you know tom brady and uh, it was good to see these guys mature and, and kind of come up as people because for at least ben roethlisberger uh i actually started to really get into college football around that time so that was when i first started to really kind of track players for a long time and kind of understand who they were at least football wise and yeah i saw him play at this on tv you know for this college and now i'm seeing him play for the pros i get to see how he's evolved and all that so he was one of the first players that i was able to do that with um and uh just to kind of see you know and and, and all these you know players and the games that they had you know inevitably again it was tom brady big ben uh, even Eli Manning back in the day, all those games, those exciting moments, these are the reasons. Those are the reasons why I'm doing what I do here. 
to 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 express my mind about what I saw or what happened or what I'm seeing what I'm hearing around me, you know, particularly of course from NFL media. I'm comparing it to what I truly feel or what I'm feeling from or what I'm hearing from the actual people that I'm dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Does you know, are we all on the same, you know, you know, latitude? Are we seeing the same things? Are we, you know, experiencing these things the same way? But um, you know, just watching these guys play, I mean this is this is the reason why I do what I do. Watching Joe Burrow and and Lamar Jackson and of course even Justin Herbert, who I got love for now, you know, just seeing how they up their game, you know, and and how they can lead these teams and 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 make them better and and really just on a personal level for them, just change their entire life by just following their dreams and going for their path. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, all right, let's move on a little bit. We are going to get into some more news here. We have some coach. Uh, coach hirings a uh, couple uh, to talk about uh, for one we have uh, a new addition to the New York coaching staff this is where the drama comes in uh, they will be bringing in Buffalo former Buffalo offensive coordinator Brian Dabo to serve as a new head coach uh, they also uh, will bring in his former boss GM Joe Schuen, uh as well now Dabo will spend four years Dabo excuse me will spend four years with the Bills leading their offense to the top 10 um, in the past two seasons and developed quarterback Josh Allen as well. Now, New York ranked 30, 34th in, 31st in their offense last season. And so, you know, they're going to need all this, the help that they can, they can get. And that's what they're figuring here. Now, they still plan to keep uh, Daniel Jones as their starter at quarterback. Hey, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know how to feel about it. Now, Joe Judge, of course, was fired after just two seasons, going 10 and 30, 20, sorry, 10 and 23. All bad. And again, this is New York. They want results. Uh, now, this is the third consecutive, well, Joe Judge was the third consecutive Giants coach to be fired after just two seasons or less on the job, including Ben McAdoo, who would go 13 and 15, and of course, Matt, uh, sorry, Pat Sherman, who would go a poultry. Yeah, I got to bring out another completely different word that y'all wasn't expecting. Paltry, 9 of 23. So, uh, you know, New York needed some changes. And I will say this about, you know, uh, just a little bit of why they probably made the decision. And um, and the reason why I'm going to wait some more about, you know, saying all I want to about the Rooney Rule. I'm sorry. Well, fuck it. The Freudian slip. It's fucking. Let's just let's just do it. Since this, this is the forty, the forty and slip had to just come out. I wanted to wait on it, but I think the Rooney Rule is is pointless. Um, I I think that, and that's the only reason why we have the drama. Uh, the Giants. It seems to me that they want to go with Dabble to begin with, but the NFL rules that require that before they even make a hiring that they need to at least interview a black person. But if they already have somebody in mind in the first place, what's the fucking point of having interviews other than just to satisfy this fucking stupid ass rule? Sorry. If you want a black coach, just get them. Okay. There's only one league right now, but at one point there was three or four. Let it go. I mean, it comes and goes. It's a, it's a tide situation. You know, it comes and goes with the tide, with the tides. Okay. Um, like, you know, we had Lovey Smith around for years. A middling coach. Same thing with Leslie Frazier. Decent defensive coordinator. Not a great head coach. He was middling around in the league for many years. Okay? We had fucking Hugh Jackson. Do nothing with the Raiders. Have Had the nerve to have two winless seasons in Cleveland. Still had a job. And he was a black dude. So, I'm not... 
I'm not going to get on that race card shit right now. I really, I'm not feeling it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of using it as a crutch. I, New York had what they had in mind. It's unfortunate he kind of had to get involved in that kind of drama like that. It's some drama involved. But at the same time, I think the motherfuckers have a right to go after whoever they want to. It's the Rooney rule that makes all this shit complicated in itself. Because you got to interview. You have, you have to interview somebody of color. That's that's ridiculous. If they want somebody in there, they're gonna get the best coach that they want for that team. Don't we won't? It shouldn't matter. And I and as much as I as people want to, there's certain things that man. It it I think it has improved. Again, we've had many black coaches have varying levels of success. It's just only one right now. But two years from now, it could be three or four more. The fact of the matter is they're just at that level. There just must be a lot more white guys. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, I, I what, what else could it be? I mean, don't get me wrong. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you like this about how I feel about Brian Flores. Uh, and it, as a, as a coach, I don't think he's a bad coach. Um, but I feel like Miami had something in mind and he just kind of said, fuck it too. Um, now I get it. You want to play the game, right? You want to play the rules the right way. And I understand him feeling that he's a black coach. He might not get away with the same type of things, but I'm going to tell you this. Those meetings that you thought that might be a violation of whatever type of tampering Tampa Bay had those type of interviews with Tom Brady. Whatever team Aaron Rodgers decides to sign to, guys, they're gonna have those type of meetings. Okay, that it they're gonna. I'm telling you, if you have the success, the team is gonna back you. That's what it was all about. As far as the tanking is concerned, I, it I don't think it was. I I don't want to say. I well again, we don't know all the facts. I think it was it might have been encouraged, but to go out and say he was being incentivized through some type of payment, ah, that's adding to it. But I can I can definitely say I can definitely see a team encouraging some type of tanking. It happens all the time, um, particularly when you might want a specific draft pick. And as far as I'm I'm hearing and I'm understanding, you know, the point was for them to get Burrow. Or, um, you know, uh, who was the other guy? It was either Burrow or, uh, oh man, it was somebody really talented. But the fact of the matter is they could have got one or the other. And, uh, you know, because of draft positioning, because they wanted to win a few extra games, they don't get that highly coveted quarterback to end up with Tua. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think Tua is a is a is a future quarter is a really league, uh, great quarter. I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback. Um, sixteen touchdowns and ten interceptions. I'm not impressed by that. Barely over two thousand yards. I'm not impressed by that. We're in it. We're in a day and age where you got to be throwing that motherfucker. Um, Lamar Jackson. He's a he's a he's a much better runner, but he could pass the ball as well to some extent. He's had some injury issues. Same thing with Josh Allen. He's an amazing runner, 
a better runner than Tua, way better development. And I think that's what New York was going for when it came down to going for a coach, particularly because their offense struggled a lot. It was last ranked in the league, and they they are riding you know, on this quarterback's potential success. So I, it would make sense for them to get an offensive-minded quarterback. Now, we might look at it on the surface and say, yeah, it's racism and they don't like black coaches. But if you need somebody to reach to your – if you need somebody to reach your quarterback, who are you going to get? Somebody who's going to be more comfortable with linebackers or somebody who's more comfortable with a quarterback? If he was an offensive-minded coach, I think New York will want him. It's obvious going after an offensive coordinator, they wanted offense. This is what it is. You can't, I mean, it's like not everything is about racism. Stop, stop acting like a victim every time you don't get your way. Um, now, Bill Belichick, and everybody, oh God, and I hate how we, he, we look at people like Bill Belichick as some hero. Look at what Bill Belichick did. He tried to expose, Bill Belichick didn't even know what the fuck was going on. He didn't even know who the fuck he was texting. Stop. Stop trying to cape and put, ugh, make heroes out of some of these folks. It's the, the ugly way that y'all want to do it. It's like the white man's burden type shit. No, man. Let that, let that shit go, man. Look, they want an offensive-minded coach to help that offense get out of 31st in the league. I'm not buying a Brian Flores-ran offense. They're not impressive. Joe... I'm sorry, Tua Tagovailoa is not a decent quarterback. And it's obvious that they had an opportunity to get um, two solid quarterbacks from uh, last year's draft. I think it was, oh, it was Justin Herbert. They had an opportunity to get either Justin Herbert or Burrow based on how the season ended. He decided I want to win a few extra games for my pride to make myself look good. Really, that's what it was all about. Right, and he fucked up the whole team. Oh, cause I want I want Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm okay with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's Garbo. I'm sorry. He's a he's a good guy that people like, but he's not. I wouldn't make him my consistent starter. I'm sorry. That's what you that's what you made your bed with, and then you went ahead and you got this sub above average at best quarterback when you could have had Justin Herbert or your boy Burrow, and you fucked that up. And then in the off season. What we're hearing is you had an opportunity to bring somebody of some caliber in at least for a couple years while you while you figure out what type of quarterback you want. And you couldn't even get that right. You didn't want to do that. You didn't want to put none of the work in to get a, get a real legit team going. You wanted whatever exactly you wanted. And what you wanted is 10 and 7. And you could sit there and tell the world. We could we could sit there and try to tell the world he won with that type of team, and he won. Da, 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 da. Listen, nine and seven ain't that much different than ten and seven, particularly if you're not going to the playoffs. Okay, you're supposed to win more. You're supposed to do more every other year. You're supposed to do better every other year. That's the point. You're not supposed to keep being the same. You're not supposed to be the same. You're not supposed to have the same record two, three years in a row. Sorry, that's not really, that's not, that's not really, that's not, that doesn't boast, that doesn't give a whole, a, 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 a team that much confidence or ownership that much confidence in the future. And as far as what the Giants did, I understand he's a New York native, he's from Brooklyn, that would have been a nice fit, but they obviously wanted to go with offense. That's obviously what they wanted to do. 
Now, that dumbass Rooney rule made this whole shit complicated because they already pretty much had that guy in mind, but they have to conduct these interviews anyways. Again, had could they could have could they do could have did it a little bit wiser? Yes, I think even if you already have a guy in mind, just get whatever interviews that you need to get out of the way, just get them out of the way just for the fuck of it, and then you have your real interview later that you get with the guy you want, and you call it a day. So you, you can get the quota met, and then you ain't got to go through this drama. The, 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 you know, the, the, the issue is that they already had this guy hired, and they're going to bring him in just for the sake of having you know to give him an interview. That ain't going to work. So I totally get it. I get both sides. Do I feel like there's some type of scheme or whatever? Again, when you let somebody like Hugh Jackson be a coach for two winless years, I'm not buying the racism. I can't do it. Not when you've had weak ass coaches like like Hugh Jackson in the mix for years. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not buying that. Okay, because they if they really if they really didn't want us here, motherfuckers like Lovey Smith would have never gotten a job. Mike Singletary would have never gotten a job. All, none, and I'm pretty sure Mike Singletary won the coaching job possibly as, as a, a coordinator particularly or a linebacker coach he probably had it if he wanted it you know but he had a shot at being a head coach it could have went either way it didn't turn out that good same thing with Lovey Smith as a, I mean and he also had Jim Caldwell who was a decent coach he led a team to the playoffs a couple of times in Detroit but they didn't really go nowhere outside of that either you know you had one of us to win to win a Super Bowl Tony Dungy, really great, really great team, Hall of Fame quarterback. We have Mike Tomlin. So it's like we got success. I'm not, I mean, it's like I'm looking at all the success we've had and I'm looking at the potential for the future. Um, there's still opportunity, opportunity for, you know, black coaches to find a job. I mean, one of the best coaches in the league right now is black. So it's like I don't understand. Like, look at what he's been able to do. Like, you can't respect that because you so busy tripping about what this guy ain't got or what that guy ain't got. I like what Mike Tomlin's been doing. Shit, you know, Demarco Ryan's was in line for the fucking Vikings job. Y'all gonna act like that? That didn't happen. He pulled out on his own accord. But we gonna act like that didn't happen? He, you know, he didn't get overlooked. He he was probably in the running to next, to get the job. So we don't, you know, you know, had he not had he not pulled his name out, we, we probably could have been hired. So you can't take the victim route every fucking time. You you gotta learn to just understand, okay, that's what that that team's move was. That doesn't mean I don't ever find a job again. I think people will look at what he did in Miami and find something in there that could lead their team. They know that he can I think he could change a culture. I think he can have a defense ready to play. I think the problem with him is you're gonna to have to give him a good offensive coordinator because he obviously can't scout. Because I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not buying Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starter. If you're trying to win real, if you're trying to be a real legitimate team and win more than nine games, Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't your guy. And so, and and no, and neither is two attack of a lower. You got to be thinking outside the box more than that. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't buy that. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna wrap, call it a wrap for tonight. Uh, excuse me for today. I was gonna get into some more, uh, some NBA shit, but I took so long with this, uh, this this NFL stuff. I had so much on my mind and so much more that I didn't even get really get into. Uh, but I went through the main highlights and I got everything off my chest. Um, 
shit, I couldn't even get into the Josh McDaniels shit, but I will get into the, the Josh McDaniels shit a little bit later. Uh, like I said, that Freudian slip came out. I guess I needed to just get everything off my chest about this Brian Flores shit. I think he's a great coach. I think he has a shot at some point getting a different job, uh, whether it's a head coach or or another def- uh, coordinator position. I know he might not want to. I know it might seem like a, a regression for him personally, but it's a job and it's a way to make money in this league. And there's a, it's, a, it's another shot eventually to get back, you know, to where you would want to be. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying right here. But we'll find out more in the lawsuit. Uh, we'll find out more of his claims. Again, I want to get to the bottom of that of that more. I'm not. This is probably. This is definitely not the last time I'm talking about this, particularly even this week. I just wanted to get my initial thoughts out. Like I said, I had that slip, so I might as well let it all hang out then. But uh, I'm gonna leave the links available for you guys if you are looking to get in touch with me. Please look at the YouTube channel as well. Never out of bounds. The same name. Of course, is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts. And this is your man El Jamal, and I'm signing out for now. Peace out, one love. And if you haven't, if I anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. All right, now I'll talk to y'all later.